Welcome to this podcast series where I talk to the artists behind the music I play on my radio shows on UKCountryRadio.com. Join me while I chat to and get to know the musicians and artists behind the music I play. Listen to their stories and their musical journeys and share some laughter and fun as you get to know the artists behind the music. Hello and welcome to this episode of Bands in the Boudoir where I'm chatting to one of the fastest rising stars in country music. He has opened up and performed for, or performed with I should say, with some of the most well-known stars in the music industry. I'd like to welcome J.D. Shelburne. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, Welcome, thank you very much for giving me your time. So what I'd like to do is well, you've had um, an incredible couple of years, haven't you? And it seems 2021 was a real turning point for you. What a fantastic year. <laughs> there we go. Okay. You go. Did you hear that? Yeah, you said I had fantastic hair? No, no, no. I'll start again. <laughs> I said, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said hair. I was like, oh, well, thank you so much. No, you, do, <laughs> you do have fantastic hair as well. You do have fantastic hair. So I was just saying that what a great couple of years you've had. And it seems that 2021 was a real turning point for you. Um, and I'll get you to elaborate on that as we move through the interview. But first, I'd like to know more about you, you know, about your up bring in in Taylorsville, Kentucky, and uh, what was it like on a tobacco farm? So I'd just like to get a bit of your backstory. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in uh, Kentucky, uh, Bluegrass State, grew up in a little town called Taylorsville. It's about uh, 40 minutes from Louisville, uh, home of the Kentucky Derby. So not sure if you're familiar with that. Um, we, uh, I grew up uh, in a little small town, uh, just two stoplights, one high school, Everybody knew everybody. Um, anytime you go to the grocery store, go anywhere in town, you knew somebody. And um, my whole majority of my entire life, um, you know, I went to school with the same students from kindergarten all the way to senior year of high school. So very close knit, small town community and uh, didn't really play music growing up. I grew up on a tobacco farm. My dad worked in the school system. Mom stayed home with my brother and I. And so living on the farm, you know, we just lived the all-American dream, played sports, played basketball, baseball, went to church on Sundays and hung out with friends. And so music was never a thought until college. So I graduated high school in 2001 and I moved away to college in Lexington, Kentucky, which is about an hour um, east of Louisville. And it was there where where music started for me. Uh, I was in in college, moved away from home for about a semester. And uh, my grandmother back home passed away. Uh, in June of 02. And when I came back for her funeral, that's where music kind of started for me. I ended up finding a guitar that she had left behind. I never knew she had and um, started teaching myself to play and sing. And one thing kind of led to another. And that's where the music career starts for me. So uh, in college, 2002, I left the tobacco farm and uh, didn't really know what was next until uh, the guitar just kind of fell out of nowhere. Oh, wow. Fascinating story. And it was quite late on, really, wasn't it, for you to discover the music, really, to play? Yeah, I want to say I was 19 at the time. Um, you know, I did sing a little bit other than, you know, nothing professional or not not in school, but I'd sing with the car stereo. And, you know, we played a lot of, uh, we were on the bus a lot for, for, uh, for sports trips in high school. And so uh, back then, that was before cell phones. And so, we, you know, we would take a, a jam box or a boom box on the bus, listen to CDs on the way to games. And so the more and more you did that, the more and more you sang. And mm-hmm. I always felt like I could, I could carry a pitch. And so singing just kind of came naturally once the guitar kind of fell into my lap and um, two and two went together and 
um, things worked out. You also write as well, don't you? You're also a songwriter. When did you start writing songs and can you remember your first one? Writing kind of came along with it. I didn't really uh, write the second I found the guitar. It took me, a, it probably took me a good year, but I started, you know, getting some pretty big shows. Uh, I was open for some artists and I was, you know, playing some shows around town. And the more I played, the more people would say, man, you ought to write your own songs. And it was never, it never even dawned on me until I realized I had a great story. You know, growing up in on a tobacco farm, mm. come from all American family, lived in a small town, you know, everything you do in a small town, we did. And so I started writing songs way early on. I don't know if I can remember the very first song I wrote, but it wasn't too long after that until I started, you know, testing original songs at my shows. And that's where I really start, kind of started to draw in fans is when I started playing my song, telling my story, kind of like I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it does. Your your upbringing makes for some great material for songwriting. Really good. Yeah, thank you. So fast forwarding 2021. Wow. You said yourself, and I quote, I couldn't have asked for a better year. It was, and I quote again, it was the kind of launching pad that any artist would envy. I mean, you even got to open up for ZZ Top, which happened to be one of my favorite bands, and I've seen them live. I mean, I know that was one of the highlights for you. How did that come about? Yeah. So where are you located right now? I am located in Hertfordshire in the south of England. That's amazing that you know ZZ Top over there. Wow. Oh, amazing. Been following is absolutely brilliant. I've known them for years. My son and I went to see them in Wembley. Uh, I think it was just pre lock just just before lockdown. Um, absolutely phenomenal. We were right at the front as well. It was just the best. <laughs> yeah, so I, they 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 still got it. Let me tell you. So uh, they were, they were a great concert. So I was actually. Uh, about two hours from where I'm at right now in Nashville, just a little town called Gatlinburg, Tennessee. It's a little quaint little town, kind of in the Smoky yeah. Mountains, a great place to go visit. And I was there playing a show, and uh, I just left the hotel to head to the show, and I got a phone call on my cell phone from a promoter, and he asked if I, if I was available on, like, Sunday, July the 19th. I'll never forget the date. And I was like, what do you got? He said, um, ZZ Top's coming to town, and uh, they want you to uh, – you're going to open for them. And I'm like, you mean, like – the real ZZ Top, and they're like, yeah, and so, I, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it, it was, a, it was a surreal moment for me, you know, the show, we ended up doing the show, and it was sold out, and the crazy thing about the whole story was Dusty died three days after our show, we were the last band to play with him, we knew, we knew he wasn't feeling well the night of our show, they, they brought him out kind of slow, and set him on a, on a, on a road case the whole show, I'm not sure he was, co I don't, I'm not sure he was even coherent during the whole show, he just looked like he was maybe a little out of it, Oh. And uh, it was soon after that, the next day they took him to the hospital, broke on national news, and then he died uh, three days after, I believe. So, you know, to open for them is, is was monumental. And to, to be the last band to play with them was, in my book, legendary. I, I still can't believe it. Phenomenal. A very sad day for us all when we heard that news. Um, but how phenomenal for you to have that to remember all your life. What an experience. I mean, that's just amazing. And the you're right. They're absolutely, and I know Gatlinburg, by the way. I've been there many times. I love Gatlinburg. I, so I have visited it. So, yeah, ZZ Top, fabulous. What a great experience. Now, you say you went into 
you went into 2021 full tilt. But that's, you say, because you felt you were able to, because you, like so many others, turned 2020 into a very positive experience. And you were able to connect with your fans on a daily basis and just go into you and just you, you use that time just to to basically create, didn't you? Pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, uh, in 2020, back when the pandemic first started, the state of Kentucky put me on the cover of the state tourism visitors guide. That was in over a half a million hotel rooms and every and every tourism department office, rest areas across the state. So I was basically the cover boy for for the state of Kentucky the year of COVID. Well, when March came, it came to a screeching halt. You know, uh, restaurants were closing down. There was no such thing as tourism. Festivals were clo- festivals were falling off the map. And so that year, I was geared up to do a, a lot of really great shows, festivals, fairs. I had work coming in like crazy. Probably going to make more money that year than I ever would have made. I mean, I was getting so many shows coming in. I was just like, wow. I, was like, I couldn't believe it. And, and then COVID happened and everything came to a, to a screeching halt. And even though I lost 86 gigs that year, I still played 100. Still were able to do some social distancing gigs. Uh, at certain venues. But one thing that really kept the fans going was I got on uh, Facebook Live every night and really, really, like you said, found my creative side, just finding ways to really meet people, not let people forget about me, find ways to keep people's attention, whether it was one night playing songs or playing an artist's song. I do a, I would do a cover night. I would play Uno with my wife, anything I could think of. I cleaned my garage one night and found like five crazy items. And I went on Facebook Live and said, here's five things I found in my garage. And little things like that really kind of brought people in. And the more I got to do it every night, the more people would message me and say, I just want to let you know that, you know, I've had a long day at work and I've had a really really stressful day, but knowing you're coming on the night at seven helps me get through that day. And I heard that over and over through fans. And, and the more and more I heard that, the more and more I kept those rolling. And I did them, I did them almost the whole year, uh, at least at least half the year. And um, it was a, it was a great way to build fans uh, a different way than I was used to. And also great therapy for your fans by the sounds of it as well. Yeah. So you I sold a lot of merch. I sold a lot of merch online. It was great. Well, that's really, really good. Uh, it's, it's a lovely thing to do to be able to, you know, lift people's spirits like that. And uh, yes. you gave your time, you know, your fans will be very, very loyal to you in the future. I'm sure because of that time you spent with them. Um, and they obviously got to see the real you, the the, yeah. the the guy behind the the big concerts and everything. So, yeah, that sounds really a lot of people have done that and they've really benefited from it as and so have their fans. So moving even further forward, I would like you to talk to me about your album Straight from Kentucky. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, this album has been uh, has been monumental for my success. It was the last record I put out. I'm working on a new album for 2023. Uh, but this record's kept me on the road for two years. Um, you know, I had a song um, that was, uh, I've had songs on the record that's been on CMT. I had a number one video on that record on CMT. And I don't know if, if you know what CMT is in England, but it's it's country music television over here. It's it's basically, you're, you're probably your biggest platform for country music fans. And um, I've been able to have their support through this record you know it's it's you know it's got me a lot of notoriety i've gotten in people magazine and a lot of a lot of gigs out of this record so it's i gotta say every year i put out or every two years i put out a record and it seems like every year i get a little bit farther to chasing my bigger goals and and this record's got me even closer so fans love it i'm playing these songs at my shows every night and uh it's just it's been i take a lot of time and pride in picking songs and writing songs and i feel like kentucky was a was a great record but 
I, I want to say right now that 2023 may be my best record. I mean, I think I've really grown as, a, as, a, as an uh, artist, as a vocalist. And I'm anxious to see what the fans think about my new record. So, but Kentucky right now is still rocking. And it was a top 10 album for us. We, we went to number nine on the iTunes chart. And to me, I mean, that's, you know, in, in the country music world, I think country is probably your most popular genre right now. And to be number nine on the chart at one time was, was pretty awesome. Great. Well, what a fantastic time you're having. And from the album, I know Fine By Me is your wife's favorite song, isn't it? Which incidentally, there is a video there at the moment for it uh now have you got a particular favorite song from that album yourself you know um it's a good question I, I, there's there's a couple songs i like to performing live better than other ones and i think there's other songs i like for the video i gotta say church pew barstool is probably my best video I love it was that. basically it thank you it garnered the most views for us um it uh it got me a number one video on cmt and then I say my, my favorite song to perform live off that record is probably Hometown in My Headlights. It's very upbeat. It's just got a great feel to it with my band. And uh, and Fine By Me is, is probably my, my third favorite on the record. I, I love the music. It was the first song I ever tested with the fans off the record. I had a fan club party before COVID and, and I was teasing songs. And I played that song at my fan club party and people went nuts over it. And so uh, it's always been a great song and people love it when we do it live. Uh, you know, there's a part in that song where I hold the note kind of long at the very end and i think you know i've always i've always loved that note and you know it's 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 been a great song the whole record's just been fun to play live it's helped me get a lot of fans yeah well there's some great great songs on there i do like hometown in my headlights as well i love the video to that thank you that's a lot of fun. thank you so much a lot of fun so i mean it's clear from your upbringing as well that you have had a lot of uh, good work ethic instilled in you because you do work phenomenally hard you don't seem to ever let up but what is really impressive and I don't know how you quite do it I suppose you have to be really organized but you really balance your work life and your family life because you are in an incredibly sort of family man as well aren't you you very much into your family how do you balance that so well well uh, you know I have a good wife <laughs> she's been a She's been a great partner. You know, she she was with me when when music uh, was just starting to kind of get rolling. You know, ten years ago, and so we've we've kind of been through it all together. But you know, I, I try to I, tr I try to not stay on the road long. Uh, you know, at long periods, I try to do shows where I'm home in a, a day or two, three days, and I make sure I try to call home every chance I can and just check on my son. We have a two year old now, and uh, and you know, just try to be a great dad even on the way. I'm still there in spirit. I still care. And I, you know, always a phone call away. So I feel like. You know, the more nurturing you do, either, either on the phone or on FaceTime or whatever, all those things kind of umbrella under one little thing to like know my wife, family back home say, you know, you know, it's just I, I want them to feel like like I, you know, like I'm still going to be a great dad, even though I'm not here as much. And so my wife understands that. And, you know, I try not to play, uh, you know, I'm not, actually I'm not playing in England yet, but oh, you've got to get I'm out. not sure. I know, I know I for sure, but I'm hoping one day that I can cross over the ocean and play. But, you know, but like I said, family's been number one for me. My parents treated me as the number one priority growing up. So I'll do this, my son the same. And it's just music is luckily it's worked out to where I'm not out on the road for weeks at a time. I'm, I'm only just playing shows sporadically and I can come back, come, come back home within five or six hour drive. So I've been pretty lucky on that, on that aspect of, of touring. So that's how you work it out. Now, um, am I right? And your son is, uh, his name's Jax. Yes. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Has he got any musical talents? 
Is he? Is he? It's funny. Guitar or anything like that. He does have a piano. Actually, Santa Claus is bringing him a drum set, so this is going to be fun. He plays. He he's he's very interested in, in musical instruments. We were guests of the Oak Ridge Boys last night at their Christmas show down the road, and the whole time during their show, he was clapping and uh, he was really into the music. So at uh, at two years old, he can sing uh, "Jesus Loves Me," and uh, it's almost like he knows the. He has like a little bit of melody to his voice, and it's 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 quite odd that you know he's just now starting to talk, and so he's saying little words here and there. But it's he, with these cartoons that he likes to watch during the day, it's like he picks up on melody and rhythm, and so um, it's it's neat. We learn something new every day with him, and uh, you know it's just you know he has a guitar, he has a keyboard, he's going to get a drum set for Christmas. So um, it'll be interesting to see what instrument he does pick up on the fastest. I think we're going to maybe have an entertainer on our hands. Who knows? We'll see. But I'll tell you one thing. He's got the best manager in the world right here in front of you. So <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to take care of him. It'd be interesting. It'll be noisy. I mean, children are so yeah because they don't need to actually talk to be able to pick a tune or hum along to a melody. And they, they really surprise you, don't they, children? They really do. Especially if they're sure. in an environment, a musical environment all the time. Sure. And uh, it's great that you're going to just have the instruments around so he can have a choice. He can make that choice as to whether he wants to play them or not. It's great that you're not going to have actually forced it on him, but you're giving him those opportunities. So he might be like his daddy. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. It's exciting. To, it's exciting to see the future ahead, though. Exciting journey for, for all of you, actually. So you were talking to me earlier on about your plans for 2023 and another album. Um, how far down the line is that? Well, um, the record is, uh, I think I've got about eight songs recorded. I'll probably cut 10 or 12 on this record. So I'm still in the process of recording. I'm actually going to the studio tomorrow night. But, you know, it's just, it's been it's been great just to, to kind of deep dive back into the, listening to album cuts, listening to going back and writing. And, and so, I'm, like I said, I'm still, I'm still on, that, on that journey. But I do have eight songs recorded. Um, I'm hoping to have those eight songs completely mixed by January 1. So, um I'll probably try to spend January and, and kind of wrap it up. I'm doing a pre-listing party in February with my with my band uh, back up near my hometown. So I've never done, I've always done a hometown show, but I've never done a listing party where people can, are going to come in and listen to the songs before they're released. And so I'll try to get that done, wrap up on that the first couple of weeks of January and kind of go from there. Fabulous. It sounds really exciting. And then I guess the next step after that would be touring those songs and getting yourself over to the UK and Ireland and Scotland and come over and share your music with us over here. That'd be a dream come true. Hopefully sooner than later, maybe 2023 will be a launching pad for that. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's, it's been an incredible journey for you so far. And I just think it's just going to get better and better and better. And, um, I love your music. I will be playing you. on my radio shows. So listeners, I would urge you to go along, support this fabulous artist, download his music and check out the videos and uh, follow him because you won't be disappointed. Uh, JD, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure and honor to chat to you. And thank you for sharing your story with me. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I always appreciate talking to people in other countries um, and with different accents. I love the way you talk. So keep it up. <laughs> Well, I like the American accent. In actual fact, I've got a very funny story. My son wraps my knuckles because we went over to um, Tennessee to stay with some friends. Now, my friend down there, she talks just like that. And <laughs> I'd, I'd spent three weeks at least 
and my son doesn't lose his accent, but I'm terrible. I was giving um, my friend's husband some guitar lessons while we were out there because he had just been picking up the guitar. And I brought some music with me and I put it down on the chair. Leroy said to me, did you print that off here or did you bring it? I went, I brung it. <laughs> Where did that come from? I, I get slapped knuckles every time I, 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 I go into the accent. But I do love the American accents. So it's, it's a mutual thing. It would be lovely to see you touring over here. It really would. And well, then you get your fill of the English accent. Well, hopefully I'll see you soon. <laughs> JD, thank you so much. I've been, it's been a real pleasure it, to talk to you. And I'll be following your career and playing your music. I uh, appreciate you so much. Have a great Christmas. Thank you, and you. Merry Christmas to you all. You have been listening to a Lynn Nash Music and Voice production for the Bands in the Boudoir podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed listening, and I hope you will come back to listen to further episodes in the future. Thank you very much for tuning in.